0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, Citizen Made Radio.
1: And welcome to Emergence News, coming to you from Plains FM, Christchurch, New Zealand. In this program, we talk about the return of the Teacher, the Lord of Love, Maitreya the Christ, to our everyday world. With him come his disciples, the Masters of Wisdom, and there will eventually be about 40 of them. I think there's already 14 of them here. Today, we're talking about Maitreya's priorities that we should know ourselves, who we are, why we are here. He gives us a simple edict, honesty of mind, sincerity of spirit, and detachment. These are the tools that we need to use to become self-aware and also to have God-awareness as well. But first, we will ask Shafir and John about their focus today. Sophia, what have you got for us?
0: So today I'm looking at the present-day glamours that sort of um, affect us all and... Stop us having that sort of um, sincerity, honesty and detachment. That That's uh, right. I'm pretty sure we've all
1: got lots of glamours. John, what are you doing? Yes, well, I
2: went down a rabbit hole uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the earth is still flat, so I'll come back with some information <laughs> around there. <that.
1: laughs> oh, good one. Okay. And uh, I, as, as we go on, I'm going to bring in a couple of examples of detachment uh, from Benjamin Krem's book, uh, Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2. Okay, John, what have you got for us there?
2: All right, listen, um, we talked about the topic and I started down a pathway of investigating. Oh, what a very big word that is uh, for not much of a thing, really. Investigate such a badly used word nowadays. is it? Who do I think I am, right? Anyway, the idea, I started to think about the idea that belief is a glamour. In other words, what you believe is often glamour or illusion. I know, Shafia, you're going to tidy up some definitions around that. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Not real, not the truth, just your belief. Just created or found or heard or picked up or guessed at. Uh, Here's how I started. I have often tried in my life to make a list of what I know versus what I believe. Try it. What do you actually, actually know? Beyond any doubt. Beyond any scrutiny. What do I know? Cold, hard, no. For sure. Without a spirit of doubt. Beyond scrutiny mostly I come up with the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and that's in the southern hemisphere, mind you. Really, (laughs) when you think about what you actually know beyond doubt. Once I've got that very small list of what I truly, truly know, everything else that permeates my life is belief. It's belief because I don't know it, for sure, 100% know it. Therefore, it's something I believe. It is unverified. It's an unverified belief. If I can't take an idea or a thought or a belief out of my head and give it to someone else to prove them beyond doubt its veracity, it's the truth, then it has to fall into the belief box. So even if it exists in my mind, even if it exists in my I know box, if I can't prove it to another person beyond doubt, then I have to put it back into the belief box, right? So where does belief exist? And I'm going to suggest to you it exists in the past. We return to the past, to memory, to access belief. Here's an example. Racism is a belief stored in our memory. We search our memory when confronted with certain images or ideas or people or places, duck into our memory and come up with racism planted there by others often, given to us by others. There is no gene for racism, no gene for hate. An external idea that massaged our fear at a certain point in our lives, and so it stuck. Racism is a belief that can only exist in memory, because in the present it doesn't exist. If you are able to observe without condemnation, one of my favorite quotes from Krishnamurti, then you don't access the past, You don't access your memory, you stand and be in the present. When you observe without resorting to memory, there is no condemnation. Our conditioning exists in memory. In the past, in the database of our mind, if you don't access it, you don't have belief. Then, as the sages say, you are able to see. Maybe that is the only way to know by being present, Therefore, your beliefs should be up for debate. They should be up for negotiation, up for change, up for rewriting, up for dumping, up for cleaning out. (laughs) Belief is moving on through. Belief needs to be held with detachment. Honesty, sincerity and detachment. Practicing those skills frees us from madness. And I believe, Peter, you're going to... Maybe revisit for us honesty, sincerity, and detachment at some point.
1: Yes, that's right, John. We've got a couple of um, examples here from Benjamin Coombe's
2: work. Fabulous. Mm. Knowing, now if I go from my belief box to my knowing box, knowing is not up for debate. It has nowhere else to go. It stays because it's true. And sometimes it can't be discussed. Sometimes it can't be shared. Because knowing often insults belief. All right. So recently, I have encountered strongly held beliefs that were opposite to mine. unshakable beliefs. Potentially violently held beliefs. Beliefs that, when challenged, produce concerning levels of defense from the other party. In the face of that, I retreated to my beliefs. Mm -hmm. That safe, warm, and comfortable sanctuary that I've created, my beliefs. In doing so, I came up with, from my database of memory and belief, the sword of cleavage. I'm going to explain that madness that I see in the world. I'm trying to understand that madness that I see in the world. And I got to the sword of cleavage. Now, I've been involved with a Maitreya story for a very long time, but it is belief because I'm not sure I can, but that I can present it to the world as an absolute knowing beyond doubt. So in my mind, the Maitreya story is something I believe, and I'm comfortable with it, and I'm comfortable to discuss it. But anyway, I found the sort of cleavage. Benjamin Krem tells us it's the energy of love which creates the sort of cleavage. Cleavage is different separation, and yet when we understand it, that energy is released to the world by Maitreya, who is the avatar of love. He releases that love into the world and stimulates everybody, without exception. The good, the bad, the altruistic, the selfish, the greedy, the unselfish, and so on. Everybody is stimulated. That energy itself is purely emotional. It is neither good nor bad. Cleavage. I was experiencing cleavage. I have met some people that I believe now, and I use that word deliberately, I believe, are on the other side of the divide of the cleavage, as I see it. See the qualification there? As I see it, what I see is driven by my belief. We here in this studio have shared beliefs. We have some shared beliefs around the Maitreya story, about the appearance of an avatar, about the Lord of Love. We may be wrong. Only but we do have
1: uh, intuition too. Yes. And yep. this is a, throws a bit of a spanner in the works. It does, but
2: I can't take my intuition and present it to someone who doesn't share it.
1: No, but you have that sincerity that you, your intuition tells you
2: it's true. Yes, so I can live with that. And in fact, what I did come up with is, um, we, so we're all seeing cleavage. How we see our cleavage or the cleavage is defined by our point of, uh, point of evolution. It's, desi- it's defined by our race structure and our point of view. These are personal attributes that shape how we see the world. The world is polarizing around thought forms, around belief and around illusion. So we have a shared belief, you and I and Shafir, and it sustains us and it makes us feel good. However, until the day of declaration, we may never be sure. So anyway, cleavage, the sort of cleavage is around choice. The choice is ahead of us, ahead of humanity. It is stimulating us to cling to that which we love in order for the path forward to be clearer. Good news. The sort of cleavage is part of a process, I believe, that is a coming evolutionary step for humanity. We are changing. We are approaching a point of choice of a decision. The choice is becoming ever more clear.
1: tension is certainly there for yes. a change, isn't yeah. it? For a
2: and great change is preceded by crisis. Mm. So, Attention. belief and knowing... Glamour and cleavage. Yes. Things that are happening right now on planet Earth.
1: This is the emergence news on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Okay, that's great, John. And thank you, Shafir. You're going to carry on with the good work.
0: <laughs> yes, well, i'm I'm talking about the present day glamours that we're encountering, and the master writes that of all the problems which beset humanity, there is none greater than the problem of glamour. Mm-hmm. And it provides the basis for all our difficulties and dangers and holds the vast majority of humanity in its thrall. And yes, it's about belief, isn't it? A lot of it, you know It is at the root of every division and cleavage and the source of every dimension of pain and suffering. It has its roots in the ancient past of mankind, and all but a very few are held under its sway. That's the words from the Master. Mm. So how would we define glamour from the perspective of the esoter- esoteric teachings? Uh, if we look at glamour as its view today, we think of the superficial a- aspects, you know, the money, the celebrity power, and all the trappings of a life only the minority are able to access And such trappings are held up as signs of success and happiness. They give us privilege and appeal to our desire to be powerful, special, and different. However, when we scratch the surface, the superficiality of such glamours often reveal deep unhappiness and dissatisfaction. How many biopics have been told recently of celebrities who've been lonely and isolated and full of fears, even though they have all this privilege? This type of lifestyles creates in us an insatiability for more and more until we become immune to the catastrophic consequences of our desires. It makes us immune to the people who go hungry, the child and slave labor that manufactures the objects of our desires and the desecration of our planet as we plunder and consume more and more. With the pandemic affecting every country in the world, we have seen the rich and powerful become wealthier at the expense of everyone else. They have the power and the resources to combat world poverty, but what do they choose to do? You'd think it would be a privilege, wouldn't you, to sort of solve world hunger, and they have the capacity to do that. And go down in the history books as someone who's made a difference, but we see mm. billionaires, you know, wanting to make more money by doing space flights. You know? Yes, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's like that insatiability of of having to have more and more and more.
2: And it's very difficult to discuss that. Yes. It's difficult. I see that Elon Musk is defending his space jaunt because he's explaining that space is the new frontier yeah. and it's gonna be good for us to manage it and do this and do that. And and witty people are going, Yeah, but how about the dirty water back here on Planet Earth? <laughs> What are we going to eat?
0: And this Uh, is the sword of cleavage playing out, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess they're immersed in the glamour of pride and power and privilege. And what's interesting to me to observe is that while such behaviours are increasingly being called out, there are also many people congratulating them for their bold actions, is Mm. what you're saying, you know, Mm. furthering the ascent of humanity into the stars. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that many of these people are not rich and powerful, but live ordinary and sometimes difficult lives of financial insecurity. And rather than demanding the right to have secure and stable lifestyles, status and privilege is celebrated as something to aspire to. Yes. You know, we think when we win the lottery or when our stars align, we too might have the power and the privilege to live such lives. The Master talks about how we've lost ourselves in the thick fogs of illusion and unreality. Glamour is the illusion on the plane of the emotions, and he says provides the greatest obstacle to progress for the individual and for the race. It throws a multitude of misconceptions across the path of the unwary, and the loftiest idealist is no freer from its influence than the hardened cynic. And Benjamin Creme often used to tell us, didn't he, that, you know, spiritual groups like us were some of the worst affected.
2: (laughs) I'm fabulous, am I? And I'm right. (laughs) Right.
0: So that's a little bit humbling when we have to... So let us have a look at some of the glamour so prevalent today. I was looking through some of the article headlines from the Share International magazine and there are a couple of that illustrate some good examples of the prevalence of glamour in our world. And one article is entitled Poverty is a Policy Choice. Now, one of the greatest glamours we are dealing with is that there is not enough to go round. The politicians tell us that they have to make difficult choices to balance the books, maintaining economic growth for the sake of the nation. I saw this in action in the UK when Jeremy Corbyn, you know I'm a fan of Jeremy Corbyn, was the leader of the Labour Party and he brought out a fully costed manifesto which dedicated itself to a living wage for all, renationalizing public utility so that they became not for profit, scrapping student debt, and providing free lifelong learning for all people, including free broadband and a fully supported National Health Service. All of my my tres priorities. Yes. I remember talking to some family members who were critical of these promises, and the reason was being How can they afford it? We
2: can't afford it. That's right. Bernie Sanders has done the same thing in the States. He's figured out if we taxed fairly the super wealthy, we could afford all sorts of stuff.
0: That's right. This is this is exactly it. I mean, and it was all laid out in this manifesto. It was going to be a combination of quantitative easing, closing tax havens, taxing the rich. Yeah. Um. Only around three, about three percent, which was actually going to leave them as billionaires. Billions, you know, yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And yeah. and then and then also to cut the, the war budget, which yes. is the military budgets around the world, which yeah. would, you know, release lots and lots of money, and. Somehow we've bought into the glamour that there's not enough for everyone, that the billionaires bring the money into the country so they should somehow be protected um, from the burdens the rest of us have to bear. How is it that humanity is so willing to believe that it does not deserve to have as a human right enough food to live, a secure home base, free education and healthcare?
2: Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, how we just don't think we're worth it somehow. Yes. you Yes, know?
2: yeah. Yeah, One of Bernie Sanders' quotes, which I love so much, as I'm, I'm not quite sure on the numbers, but he says something along the lines of the greatest victory of capitalism is that the guy earning $25,000 an hour has convinced the guy earning $25 an hour that the guy on $7.50 is the problem.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. well, that is a glamour. Uh, That's
0: right, and this is, a, this is the next sort of example because another title jumped out at me which gives us a clue as to why this is happening and it's Mainstream Media are Betraying Humanity.
2: Yes. Uh, and
0: Benjamin Krem has always talked about the important role of the media in the emergence of Maitreya into the everyday world. It seems the forces opposing the changes needed for the ushering in of a new golden age are also very aware of how important it is. In fact, the media battles, it would appear they were in the media battles. It would appear that they're winning the war because the media's role is to investigate, disseminate and educate the public. And it's potentially a noble and important service role that could lift humanity out of the fog of ignorance and confusion. And while there are some media outlets that have some semblance of integrity, they are becoming increasingly rare. And to counteract their influence, independent news outlets are being created. And we were talking about Mm -hmm. this earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. that we're needing to have much more different ones. So these independent outlets and individual journalists are having to withstand criticism and attack and persecution if they go against the mainstream narratives. The influence behind the MSN, the mainstream media, understand all too well how to confuse and bewilder minds caught, caught in the fog of glamour. They do this by engaging the emotions the emotional body is a highly developed in humanity and when it's manipulated it becomes an easy target for misinformation confusion and division to flourish Appealing to people's emotional natures, we see the personal attacks proliferating. If someone is not approved of, all sorts of distortions of words and actions are pumped out. Attacks on minority groups give us someone or some group to scapegoat and blame. Grains of truth are manipulated to create fear, anger and division. And blatant corruption is glossed over and we ignore it because we're so distracted by other news. Social media creates a clickbait mentality and an unwillingness to spend the time or energy educating ourselves and to think about what we've learned. And we're seeing this in so many of the uh, reports coming out, aren't we? When our emotional bodies are activated, we react rather than think. And this is why detachment is one of the skills Maitreya says we need to develop if we're going to progress. And you were going to give us a couple of... um,
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I uh, yeah, whenever you're um, finished there, Shafir Yeah,
0: talk, talk about detachment now, because this is one of the ones we need to...
1: Okay, well, um, if something is good, pleasant happens to you, you feel happy. Mm-hmm. But if you're not happy before, and you may not be happy tomorrow, so the feeling of happiness is not the self. The nature of the self is not happiness, but it is continuous, unbroken joy. This is something that we've sort of really don't know about isn't it mm-hmm. it never changes or something nasty and painful happens and you're miserable have a sense of loss pain dis- disillusionment depression what has happened to your happiness where did it go neither the pain nor the happiness has anything to do with the self the, these are experiences of the man or woman in incarnation the physical mental emotional vehicles of the self the self itself knows none of that. It has no emotions, no thoughts. It alone is in being. Manifesting through physical body, emotional structure, mental body, these are the vehicles for the self to experience at this level. When you are detached, the self can go in and out of these at will. It can use these vehicles but does not get attached to them.
2: Mm-hmm. So attach, their experiences. Attach,
1: attachment is mm. the... Thing, isn't it?
2: And that's freedom that the Eastern philosophy talks about. Yeah. That's it's, not, right. it's not floating off your prayer rug. No. It's yes. freedom from the known, freedom from the past, yes. freedom from um, your beliefs and your feelings and your emotions. That's
1: right. I mean, it's not about suppressing the emotions, is it? Mm. It's about actually dealing with them, looking at them, but not being attached to
2: them, not getting involved with them. Yes. Mm.
1: Let them be, observe mm. them. Mm. So, Shafia, carry on.
0: So, glamour resides in the notion, he says, this is uh, what the Master says, that man's desires are real and that they have their own intrinsic validity and purpose. Whereas in truth, they are the cause of all unhappiness, no more real and no less transient than the mirage of a desert. And that's very much a Buddhist thing, isn't it? You know, just, you know, this sort of non-attachment to, you know, just letting everything go and sort of not being really involved in it.
2: Yeah, let it run across the screen of your mind. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And of course, Maitreya is the fifth Buddha. As well, yes, he? yes, he is. So yeah. Obviously, this whole thinking
2: See there's a reason we keep you around, Peter. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he says the answer lies in the shift of focus from the self to the group, in a truer identification with the soul and its relations to all soul. The light of the soul, through the agency of the mind, is the great dissipator of glamour. And he also assures that eventually humanity will work through this phase and establish a truer perception of reality. The myriad glamours which beset the race today will one day dissolve in the light of the soul. And so we need to connect with our souls.
2: How do we do that? Meditation and service is the right royal road to enlightenment. That's right, (laughs) yes. So to finish,
1: here is an example of detachment. Detachment does not mean not being concerned, it means being concerned but at the same time able to function without the imposition of those concerns on your action. For example, someone who is full of concern, a very good doctor, a nurse, a humanitarian, a Mother Teresa. She concerns herself with the well-being of the people, mainly in Calcutta, but also around the world. If she were attached to her response to their poverty and suffering, in tears all the time, sitting helplessly, watching them die, she would be no use to them at all. What she has is the concern, the heart response, to want to serve, and at the same time, the detachment to allow her to do it, to be able to see the suffering and not turn away from it, to experience it as one's own, so intensely as to need to serve it, and at the same time, to be detached from one's own emotional reaction.
2: All this information can be found on the Sheer International website, www.sheer-international.org, and also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website.
0: We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com.
1: The opportunity to join our transmission is available Monday and Wednesday evenings and Thursday mornings, which gives us the possibility to do a service meditation in conjunction with Masters.